Virginia Prescott here with the 10-Minute Writers Workshop. Our guest this time is Alexander Chi, who dazzled the literary world with his debut novel, Edinburgh. Readers then waited almost 15 years for his second, The Queen of the Night. It's the story of a farm girl turned courtesan turned opera singer set in Second Empire France. The lavish plot is as soaring and improbable as the grand operas popular at the time. I'm Alexander Chi, and this is the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop. Alexander Chi, thrilled to speak with you, and wondering for you, who took, I believe, 15 years to write this book, which do you think is harder to write? Is it the first sentence or the last? <laughs> oh, uh, maybe all of the ones in between. <laughs> the first sentences came very quickly, actually, and... It wasn't. It was 15 years between books, but it, the whole time wasn't spent entirely on on this book. I did put it aside for, I would say, three or four years. What turned out to be part of the writing was finding the first sentence for the novel. The first sentences that you write aren't necessarily the first sentences of the novel, and then of course, like choosing the last sentence also has this incredible power to it. But then there's so much revision that happens after that. Do you edit as you go along or do you wait to the end? In the in the writing of this I definitely edited as I went along. I think in retrospect that is a mistake. I think that it's better to write an entire draft, edit it and then revise from there and and to retype, but I think when you're when you're putting the first draft together I think it's actually pretty important to just push on through until you have an ending and then figure out what is inside the draft and work from there. That sounds like a good lesson. Are there other personal lessons or habits that you'd encourage other writers to take up or maybe even avoid to be more productive? Sure. I had a number of habits and methods that I came up with in the writing of this. One was changing the font on a draft before I printed it up and the, the point size and the spacing so that it looked like something else entirely. There were often times when I would do that and it was it was suddenly you know made strange to me again and I was able to see things that were wrong that I had allowed to stay because they were only familiar. Well for a book like this of historical fiction guessing you had to do a lot of research did you do that a lot before the start or throughout? I did a lot of research after the beginning and in a way, I I realized I was writing the novel more than I, more than I set out to write the novel. You know, I think that pushing into a novel with your conscious mind, where you you decide you're going to write it, I think is is a little bit of a folly, at least for me. You know, the ideas that I have are ideas that I come down with almost like uh, like a sickness, <laughs> and the, and then the writing of it is the cure. <laughs> So what is your personal worst distraction from writing or getting your work done? Imagining failure. Hmm. It's as I tell you to my students, you can do two things with your imagination. You can you'll create two narratives. One will be the one that you can publish, and the other is a private narrative in which you are a failure. And both are incredibly vivid, but only one can take you forward. I do have an, I would say I have an unhappy relationship to email. I think, you know, my friend John Freeman, he wrote a, a really wonderful book about it called, if I'm remembering this correctly, The Tyranny of Email, where he calls it 
the to-do list that you don't choose, <laughs> you know, where it's just stuff coming in and people needing things from you. And, you know, people have gotten less and less patient with the idea that it might take you any time at all to respond to them. I, I hate this idea of, of red receipts, you know, uh, because it starts putting a clock on something that I might like to think about before I reply. Those are some things that I, I don't like because I, I do have a part of me and I'm the oldest brother, so I have this kind of like look out for your younger brother, younger sister sort of approach to my life where I'm always worried that if I don't help this person, something terrible will happen. Mm. But it's an illusion left over from being held accountable anytime my siblings got in trouble. <laughs> How many times were you actually rejected before getting published? Well, I mean, this will sound obnoxious, but... The first story I ever sent out was accepted. Uh, so the answer is exactly once, I That's suppose. That's encouraging. Um, That's wonderful to hear. It is. I had, you know, I actually had a kind of early success as a writer before I tried to publish Edinburgh that, in retrospect, was unrealistic. Edinburgh was rejected 24 times and accepted the 25th. And mm -hmm. so I really had to learn that stamina so what do you think is the most common mistake that new writers make? Is it imagining that failure? <laughs> yeah, possibly. I mean, it's it really is the other side of the blade. You have to trust your idea, and if you don't trust the idea, then you have to consider giving it up, or you have to ask yourself, why don't I trust it? What don't I trust about this? You know, sometimes the ideas I see my students have for for their work, they they say things like, "Well, I don't want to write a novel." I like they they can choose, and I think, well, if if the idea is a novel, then then you your only obligation is to make it a novel, whether you want to write one or not. Otherwise, you should just go work on something else. I'm wondering if um, the opposite of imagining failure, having a kind of grandiosity, is also a danger. Oh, definitely. I think. That and also also just a kind of ego-centered uh, wish for the thing to be done. You know, that was also something I would punish myself with. Or even worse, imagining someone like me but better at finishing the novel than me <laughs> and what he would have done. You know, these are all these kinds of wicked shadows that we can cast up. So is there anything that you'd recommend, like books or tools, to encourage people for writing? Sure. I often send people to Edith Wharton's The Writing of Fiction, which I think is a fine, short, clear, sensible book written by a master at the art. She explains a lot of things that no one ever explained to me when I was studying fiction writing and her breakdown of of the ways of approaching novels and stories both is, is quite sensible. Uh, I really like Charles Baxter's Burning Down the House, a really fine collection of essays about the writing of fiction. I also highly recommend Ian Forster's Aspects of the Novel. And Janet Frame, the New Zealand writer, she has she has a wonderful autobiography. It's very long. It's three volumes, so it's quite a commitment. But in it, she has a lot of writing process stuff that she talks about. And I learned a lot in there as well about the importance of doing things that seem very almost ridiculously simple, but, you know, like making a list of your characters and a list of the places in the novel and then putting those up where you can see them hmm. so that if you get stuck, you can look at them and your imagination does a kind of 
multiplication across the the items and you and something can be triggered and you keep working. What for you is the best environment for writing? I like wherever I can feel like no one knows how to get me. <laughs> <laughs> wherever wherever I would feel just completely forgotten about, you know, is is my favorite place. It could be uh, a cafe where I'm not known at all or uh, or a train and I really also love hotels those kinds of environments where where there it's not a part of my normal life are places where I can encounter myself differently and then that's usually very valuable for writing what's the best piece of advice on writing you ever received that's tough I've had some really great advice I think the advice that I pass on the most is probably that it is very hard to know what your life looks like to other people. And so when you write about it or when you borrow from it, you have to be very, very careful because the thing that you are so sure means this may not mean that when it is read by someone else. And I think you need caution when you write autobiographical fiction, caution when you write an autobiographical essay. If you weren't a writer, do you have another dream job? Uh, oceanographer. Interesting. Definitely. My dad's job. <laughs> I would just want to, like, basically be on boats and diving and around sea creatures. And I think, you know, also the, the, the ocean is easily one of the most important uh, environments that we have to take care of in the near future. It's in a state of emergency. Alexander so. Chi, thank you. Sure. Novelist Alexander Chi, author of Edinburgh and now The Queen of the Night. The 10-Minute Writers Workshop is a production of NHPR. This episode was produced by Sarah Plord. To hear a variety of authors, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Audioboom. And if you appreciate the advice and inspiration, please return the favor. Leave a review. It'll help others find us. <laughs> <laughs>